The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The launching of a, a emergency payment program of uh, $573 for Albertans who are facing self-isolation and who are not receiving employment insurance benefits. That will be available online next week next week at alberta.ca. Um, we ha- that is in addition to amendments that we've recently made to the Employment Standards Code that protects workers for uh, 14 days if they have to leave their employment in order to go into self-isolation. We have worked with Alberta Treasury branches uh, to ensure that uh, a deferral uh, of ATB loans, uh, lines of credit and mortgages is available for up to six months for people who apply who have been affected by COVID-19. We are working with the provincially regulated credit unions to offer the same relief. We thank the major chartered Schedule A banks for having announced a similar package of financial relief uh, to Canadians, including those here in Alberta, both households and employers. We are matching the Government of Canada's deferral of corporate income tax uh, in, uh, for, uh, until August 31st of 2020. That will leave $1.5 billion in cash available to Alberta employers as they cope with this challenging time. We are providing uh, a deferral of six months of, uh, for in, interest-free moratorium on Alberta student loan payments for all individuals who are in the process of repaying uh, these loans. Um, and we are most importantly have worked through the Alberta Utilities Commission with our electricity and gas providers to ensure uh, a deferment of bill payments for the next 90 days to ensure that no one will be cut off from these services during this time of crisis. This will cover, as I say, electricity and natural gas, regardless of the service provider. And uh, we've approached the municipal governments to ask if they could match this flexibility uh, for water consumers. Uh, This uh, list of actions is uh, very meaningful, but it is by no means comprehensive. Uh, We will be announcing additional actions tomorrow and in the days to come. The bottom line for Albertans who are feeling anxious right now is they need to know that there is relief. There is immediate relief on their utility bills, immediate relief available on their mortgage payments. There is, for former students, immediate relief for their student loans. Uh, For businesses, there will be greater flexibility on their loans and on access to credit. Uh, And... um, and so, uh, and for individuals who are in self-isolation, um, who do not have any other form of financial safety net, uh, there will be a, a payment, avail- an emergency payment available to them from the government of Alberta next week. Uh, so these are initial measures. We, as I've said, will uh, first of all uh, spare no expense in the medical fight against the pandemic, and secondly, we will do everything we can as a government to help Albertans get through the challenging days ahead. Happy to take your questions. The 50 million, where, can you just walk us through how that's, that's going to sort of work out in terms of where's the money coming from? How did you land on 573? That's uh, the average uh, EI payment. So it's matching what would be a normal EI, maximum EI payment. Um, and the program is uh, being, uh, excuse me, elements of the program 
are similar to one adopted by Quebec earlier this week. So uh, basically, the government, of, we were waiting to see what the federal government would do today. We really do thank them for the, uh, the significant package of, of financial support through employment insurance, one element of which includes um, what they call their, um, uh, it's, it's a, an emergency uh, credit, emergency care benefit. Um, but that won't be, people will not be able to apply for that if they're in isolation and don't have access to other benefits. They won't be able to apply till April the 1st. And it's quite possible the federal benefits won't flow until later in April. So we're uh, filling that gap to provide immediate cash. We don't want anybody, let's say you're self-employed, you're an Uber driver, and you maybe feel, you don't feel well. But, you, but on the other hand, you, you figure you've got to go out and make 100 bucks today to pay the rent. We don't want you to worry about that. This uh, basically $600 payment should give those people a bit of financial security. you go back to the house to get this? No, uh, actually, uh, uh, Minister Taze, uh, do we? I'm sorry, I'll, I'll defer to <coughs> Minister Taze. Um, no, we uh, we do have a, a contingency uh, amount in our current budget, so we won't have to go back to the house. There is provision for it. I'll take the French questions at the end. Uh, we'll go to the phone. Operator, can you put through the first caller, please? Thank you. Yes, the first question is from Rick Bell of the Calgary Sun. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, Premier. Um, a lot of us, or at least me, have been receiving a lot of um, messages from businesses and from individuals who talk about let's really hunker down for a couple of weeks. A big company here in Calgary said, we're going to close down until March 30th, and then we'll reevaluate things. What do you feel about your message was much stronger than that, the message you spoke of in the legislature. What do you say to those people or those businesses who think that this is a kind of a short-term thing, that if we all do if we take the closures and we take the social distancing and we stay at home in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, we could all go back to something close to normal. What, what do you say to those people or those businesses? I say, Rick, it's my duty as Premier to offer people a sense of hope, but it's also my obligation to be realistic and honest. Uh, I believe there are reasons for hope strong reasons for hope that we'll come out of this stronger than ever. But this is going to take some time. Uh, and I think Albertans need to start to wrap their heads around that. Uh, our scientists uh, project that the viral infection in Alberta will peak about four or five weeks from now. Uh, that means it will start, hopefully start to decline in its intensity after that, but still be a very, pose a very real threat to public uh, health uh, well into uh, May and then into June. And so many of the social distancing measures that we have had to implement are likely to be in place at least through uh, uh, the, month, the, the end of May. Uh, now, I, I can't say that with absolute certainty. Let's hope we get some very lucky breaks. Uh, let's hope that the aggressive social distancing measures that we have implemented to date prove to be more extraordinarily effective. Let's hope we reach the peak earlier and it affects fewer people than we are projecting. But 
to be realistic, based on the velocity of this disease around the world, uh, we can expect this to pose a very real threat uh, to public safety uh, for at least the next two or three months. And then beyond that, Rick, um, uh, unless and until a vaccine is developed, it will continue to pose a global threat. And most projections I see are for a vaccine potentially to be available to people in uh, 2021. So COVID itself will have a significant effect uh, for at least the next three months. Uh, now, most economists are projecting a sharp rebound in the global economy uh, starting in June because they see the kind of the, 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 the curve bottoming out on the, on the pandemic. And, and then they see pent-up demand surging. There are some positive signs the Chinese economy already appears to be show, you know, showing some growth in demand. However, Rick, then we have to layer over top of that the, uh, the, the collapse in energy prices. And I have to be honest with people. Uh, like I hope that the, the Saudis and the Russians come to their senses uh, and stop this war of attrition. But most projections are that they are locked into uh, a, uh, a price war that could go into 2021. And we have not yet seen oil prices bottom out. Do you have a follow-up, Rick? So, so I want to say, just to, sorry, Christine, just to cl close that off, I'm sorry for the, the long response, but I, I'm just trying to give you, I'm trying to walk you through my own thinking on this, Rick, and I think Albertans need to know what their government thinks about this. Um, we're in tough probably for the balance of 2020. And, uh, and we'll get through it, but it's not going to be in a couple of weeks. Rick, follow up? Um, yes, just a quick one. In, in Ottawa uh, earlier today, uh, a reporter asked Finance Minister Morneau about whether because of COVID and because of um, wanting to get money, more money into people's pockets, which every, all governments are talking about these days, that the, would the federal government pass on hiking their carbon tax on April 1st, which is just a few days away? And the finance minister did not really answer that question. What is, what is your thought about the federal carbon tax going up on April 1st while all of this other stuff is going on and while all governments are trying to have people keep as much as their, of their own money in their pockets at this time in this crisis. Well, that would make, make absolutely no sense. The message I sent to Ottawa when I was there a week ago uh, today, meeting with Deputy Prime Minister Freeland, was first, do no harm. In, at this time of extreme economic fragility, Please stop doing harm. And that means uh, please pull back and throw us a, a lifeline here on additional costs, including the increased carbon tax, including um, methane regulations, including clean fuel standards, including other federal regulations uh, that are scheduled to come in over the course of the next year. We have an industry, to be blunt, that is basically on life support. The, uh, uh, the share value of most of our energy companies, or many of them, I should say, has dropped by 90% in the last two or three weeks. And 
uh, we are going to do everything we can. We hope with federal assistance to keep our, our brilliant world-class energy producers alive so that when the dust settles, uh, they will be there to, to be a reliable source of energy for the future. But we, and, and we are working with the federal government. They, they, we are working to, to maximize access to the $10 billion of credit backstop through BDC and EDC. We're working with them potentially on a pro project to accelerate well reclamation and completion to put good, good blue collar oil field people back to work and reduce environmental liabilities. We believe we're making progress on the methane regulations. But we would, I would repeat to you what I said to Ottawa a week ago today, please stop doing harm. If you want to come back and talk to us about those policies when we're past this in a couple of years, we'll understand. But right now, please stop doing harm. Operator, can you put through the next call, please? Thank you. The next question is from Kevin Nimick with CTV. Please go ahead. Hi, Premier. I'm wondering if the province has enough of the vital medical equipment, uh, like ventilators, that it could need to uh, fight COVID-19 if more people uh, suffer from it. I believe we do. I've been briefed by Dr. Hinshaw and Albert Health Services that based on their forecasting, we have adequate equipment, uh, adequate surgical suites, ventilators, uh, personal prote protection equipment, uh, and other critical supplies to deal with uh, the projected peak in infections. Um, now, uh, their, their primary concern is around ac access to appropriately trained medical personnel. Uh, to actually operate that equipment, which is why, uh, yes, one of the reasons why we declared a public health emergency yesterday to ensure that AHS, AHS managers have the tools uh, to, uh, to ensure that people are, are available when they need it. It's also why we've begun uh, uh, postponing elective surgeries, for example, to start freeing up capacity in the health system. Um, but in terms of ventilators, we I think we have the highest number of ventilators per capita in the country, or we're the second highest perhaps, and uh, uh, quite uh, wisely, AHS ordered an additional 50 ventilators when they got the first news of the uh, coronavirus outbreak in China uh, back in January. So those ventilators are on their way as a kind of supplementary equipment. Um, I did participate in a call with Deputy Prime Minister Freeland today about uh, joint efforts by provincial and federal governments uh, to acquire even more equipment because, you know, the worst case scenario is this thing would come back in the fall and we would need uh, even more equipment then. But we, we believe we're set uh, for what is coming at us this spring. you have a follow-up, Kevin? I was just wondering if you could elaborate on some of those tools being used uh, by AHS, like uh, trying to hire back some retired physicians. How is that process going? How are we at full support? You'd have to ask uh, Dr. Hinshaw. I think they're in early stages on that. Um, and uh, I can say you know, one of the things, that it, it allows us to overcome uh, you know, collective bargaining agreements. For example, if we, if our managers need to, they can they can cancel people's vacation time. Uh, they can uh, be more creative in how they schedule time. Uh, but you know what? I don't think they're going to have to use those tools because uh, we've got great professionals who I'm sure will step to the plate, and they are stepping to the plate. I see Ontario. Uh, <coughs> Uh, in Quebec put out a request for retired uh, physicians to offer uh, um, uh, hours in, in, the, in, the, in this uh, to deal with the pandemic and they've and they've been overwhelmed with positive response I have no doubt that will happen in Alberta one more from the phone and then we'll go back to the floor Dean uh, operator can you put through the next caller please yes thank you the next question is from Chris Barco of the Calgary Herald please go ahead 
Vice Premier, I'm wondering if you can give me your assessment of the federal assistance package that was announced today. Is it enough? And maybe more specifically, what does Alberta need to see in terms of assistance to the energy and the airline sector? Well, it, it's a very good first measure. But as I said to the Deputy Prime Minister today, I suspect that uh, the Canadian economy will uh, need uh, uh, measures that are an order of magnitude larger than this. I noted that yesterday the British government announced uh, an additional 330 billion pounds of additional uh, backstop and uh, uh, income support and other measures. The French government announced 300 billion euros. So we're talking in, in the case of those two economies of, in the range of 10 to 50 percent of uh, GDP. You know, this situation is moving so fast that a week ago when I was meeting with Christia Freeland, I was talking about a counter-cyclical stimulus in the range of 2% of GDP. Um, and I think we all agree that it's going to have to be an order of magnitude larger. We'll do our part here in Alberta. Um, and I, I'm confident the federal government will as well. And I, I believe that they are, I know that they are working specifically on uh, packages for the aviation and the energy sectors, recognizing their unique vulnerability right now. Do you have a follow up, Chris? Okay. okay. Dean? There was no um, child care benefit. Um, are you, are you so, Dean, we, we just found out the, the federal package this morning at, at uh, I guess, about 9 o'clock. And uh, Minister, Minister Taze and his team are pouring through this to see where there might be gaps. There was a significant enhancement of uh, the um, child benefit, the Canada Child Benefit here, uh, of, uh, one, of $2 billion, as well as the GST credit, which goes to a lot of low-income families with kids. Um, so we're going to go through that and see if more needs to be done. So, you know, today was an initial package. We're going to see if there are gaps that we need to, to supplement uh, in the days ahead. Would you stop our interest perhaps from being kicked out of the Canada rent? Is that something you could pass legislation on that? Uh, we're, we're looking into that. I, um, look, first of all, I, we would just call on landlords voluntarily to show this, a, a kind of flexibility that banks have on mortgage payments. Uh, I think that's the, the best first step rather than government bigfooting in. Um, let, look, Dean, there, when it comes to landlords, you're going to have everybody from um, a retired um, senior who maybe rents out a room or has a small boarding house all the way to large corporations. So the capacity to forgive rent will, will probably vary a great deal. But we will look at that. Dean, or Dan, sorry? Yeah, this utility deferral program, how does that work? Is that something Albertans have to apply for? And with the 90 days um, when that's up, you know, provided there's no extension on that, do Albertans have to pay that back in a lump sum or is that distributed, you know? So, so the utility companies will communicate directly with their customers. They are provincially regulated. We went to them through the Alberta Utilities Commission to ask that they pr provide uh, this uh, payment flexibility. The bottom line is this. Um, we have asked and they have agreed that they will not cut off service if people do not pay their utility bills over the next 90 days. So there's no need for an application. Um, and I believe the utility companies will be communicating directly with their customers on that. Uh, and then we'll review where we're at after 90 days. Um, and uh, I'll leave it to the municipalities to comment on whether they're able to uh, match some of these measures on the water side. Just, just on the program, the 573, like how do you 
keep track of exactly who's eligible. Yeah. And the 50 million, that's 87,400 and some individual payments of five. That's a, you know what, quite frankly, that is an estimate we're making. It's a bit of a shot in the dark. We do not actually know how many people are in isolation. Uh, this will be a temporary program for those who must self-isolate because they meet the government of Alberta's uh, published criteria for self-isolation, including persons who are the sole caregiver for a dependent who must self-isolate because they have they meet the public health criteria and who will not have another source of pay or compensation while they are being self-isolated. It will be distributed in one payment installment and will bridge the gap until the federal emergency payments begin in April. Um, so basically, this is for folks who, you know, some people in a self-isolation might be receiving payment from their employers. There might be people in self-isolation who are already receiving welfare benefits or AISH from Alberta, or maybe they're already receiving EI. We don't think they need this emergency support. This is for the folks who fall between the cracks. You know, imagine that Uber driver, that, that, that hairdresser, that uh, small business person who doesn't have any safety net and they don't have any EI, um, but they had to stay home. That's what this is for. Uh, it's, we designed it based on a Quebec program and 50 million is, for, to be honest with you, it's a bit of a shot in the dark. Janet? Um, I just wondered if there was any provincial top-up potentially coming for the $900 uh, payment that will come from the federal government. Um, there's a lot of... The emergency. The emergency. Well, this is not... A, a, we're not considering a top-up. This is a bridge because they won't be able to make those payments until at least mid-April. And and for, for us, that this is not about... This is actually not an economic measure. This is a public health measure. Uh, this we will consider other economic measures as they are required to help people with income security i'll be blunt with you we fully expect that the course of this year we're going to see a significant increase in applications for income assistance um, for welfare payments so we will will be there to support to provide a, a a basic social safety net for income security this is immediate cash for people who may be choosing between self-isolation and working. We want them to choose the self-isolation if they need to.